What's good, y'all? I'm here with Chase Adams, sophomore point guard at the University of Portland. How are we feeling, Chase? I'm going good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's just get started. I knew I know the first thing that I saw um, on your social media page and the first thing that a lot of people may see is your Instagram bio or Twitter bio that says representing Christ through basketball. So obviously, God plays a big role in your life. Tell me how that relationship you have with faith plays hand in hand with your sport and then just in general with your personal life? Um, I mean, first and foremost, uh, none of the successes I've had, you know, would be possible without him. So, you know, just knowing that going into every competition or everything I do as, as far as sports um, gives me the confidence that I need um, to go in and compete at a high level every day. Uh-huh. And I know sport and religion, those are two things that require self-discipline and control. So do you feel like, that's the main reason why you were able to be so um, determined and focused at such a young age. I know you started playing at the age of two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that um, just becoming extremely disciplined, like you said, uh, that had to that came with getting older. I think when I, obviously when I was two, I wasn't the most disciplined person uh, when it came to sports. Uh, that was more so just my parents and my big brother instilling basketball into me. Um, and then I realized that I was good at a young age, and I thought it was something that uh, I could go far with, and I started to take it more serious. So, so yeah, I think just um, realizing you know, how much hard work that you had to put in to actually be good kind of helped with that discipline as well, too, to want to stay on the top. Right. And I feel like a factor that could have discouraged you from playing was your height. I know at seventh grade, you were like 4'11", and even today, one of the smallest on the court at 5'8". Did you ever let that get to your head? Uh, no, I, I honestly, it's funny because it's the opposite for me. Um, people always thought that me being small kind of discouraged me or discouraged some decisions that I made on the court uh, with the ball and things like that. But honestly, just being smaller and being able to do what I, what I can do against the people that are bigger and supposedly, you know, so much better because they are bigger. It's like a, it's like a compliment, to, to be honest, uh, to be able to go out there and still compete. And, and do what I got to do at a high level at the, at the size that I, that I am. Uh-huh. What advantages do you see um, being so small on the court? Uh, I'm faster than almost everybody that I play. Speed kills. That's something that I've heard my whole life. Um, that just being smaller, being able to get into, fit into different little spaces that most people can't fit into, um, find those little holes and the gaps in the defense and, just being under people on um, on the defensive end, uh, people don't like me because uh, I'm a pest. Yeah. So, I mean, in seventh grade, you blew up over your mixtape, of course, with over 14 million views. How did that, you know, play an impact on the trajectory of your career? Uh, I think that was a starting point. That was like a coming out party for uh, just like a name, just building it. It started my brand, started my name. Uh, I guess you could say kind of started me, but you know, I was still Chase Allen before the videos and before basketball, honestly. Uh, it just it just so happened that, you know, people started to notice me more um, at the size that I was doing the things that I was doing at that size. And then I continued to do it and just panned out. Uh-huh. Um, I know we were talking about like courage and discourage and your Instagram handle or your social media handles is Chase Courage. So tell me why you chose that name um, in particular. 
Uh, so my big brother, my big brother, when I was in like around that time with the Boss Life videos and things like that, around seventh grade, um, they allowed me. My parents let me uh, make Instagram and Twitter. But the catch was my brother had to be the the person running it basically. So make sure I didn't post anything goofy, uh, right? Cussing <laughs> stuff like that. Anything that would you know hurt my image, I guess. And uh, he decided that. Because I wore the number zero, mm-hmm. he was going to O, encourage and make it a zero. And um, we both sat down and talked about the actual word courage and how um, courage is actually uh, a great representation of me just because of like my size and all the things that I've been through just being from home uh, and how we have to persevere at it pretty much all the time. And um, courage was the word that he, that he chose and it just stuck. <laughs> I haven't changed this since, what, 2014, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, to go along with the perseverance, you're, you are from Chicago, which is a tough city. I know my last guest, um, Kamisha Moxley, she's from Chicago as well. So we kind of talked about, you know, how it's shaped her. So how has it shaped you in a way that no other city could? Um, it's just an automatic toughness. It's an automatic grit um, when it comes to being from Chicago. Uh, you look at things differently. I always tell people you have like a sixth sense. You just, you're always on edge kind of, you know, in a good way. You know, you're just so, uh, aware of your surroundings at all times. I think just being from Chicago just puts you in advantage in anything, any aspect of life that you need to go through because it's almost nothing that you don't see being from there. Yeah. I know sports itself is like pretty big in Chicago. So even though it is a tough city, it kind of connects the city in a way so what is it about sports that you think are powerful enough to connect people in such a city filled of hardships man the funny part about it is i don't even think it's sports i think it's just basketball everybody from chicago has played basketball at some point and if you haven't played basketball you're connected to basketball basketball is just like this big tree that connects everybody um in chicago and you know it's just a basketball city is the best city in the world um, we produce the best basketball players. We produce the best uh, everything. <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to bring up, you know, NBA players from Chicago like D. Rose, Wade, Michael Jordan, of course. So did they have, do any of those have a particular inspiration for you? I mean, oh, yeah, of course. You know, just seeing people make it out um, and doing what you love doing and you see them uh, accomplish all the goals that they mean to accomplish, it just gives you a, uh, a sense of um, knowing that you could do it too. Yeah. Okay. So I have like this little segment. Normally it's called Facts or Cat, but I'm just going to list some quotes from Rose, Wade, and MJ. And you can just let me know because you're all from Chicago. You play, you all hoop. So if you resonate with it in any way or if it has like a particular impact on you. So the first one I have is from D Rose. He says, Hard work isn't enough. You got to believe. So does that. Do you agree with that at all in any way? Oh, yeah, for sure. You definitely got to have confidence. I mean, if you're putting the work in and don't have any confidence, it's not going to resonate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next one is from Wade. He says, my job, my whole life, I've always had that kind of doubter. People have always doubted me, and I know how I would, and I don't know how I would succeed without it. So I welcome it, and it gives me a challenge, and I will see if I can live up to my challenge. I definitely, I definitely, I definitely agree with that one as well. I mean, anything, anything D-Wade says is almost a fact. (laughs) (laughs) 
for MJ, I got two. The first one is to be successful, you have to be selfish or else you never achieve. And once you don't get, and once you get to your highest level, then you have to be unselfish. Stay reachable, stay in touch, don't isolate. Uh, yeah, definitely. You definitely gotta be selfish on the way up because you know, there's so many people that are just gonna be looking for, you know, easy way outs, easy, easy way, easy ways out with you. Um, you know, you're gonna have people that are in your life just, you know, for the roller coaster ride. And then once you're down, you know, they're gonna disappear. Right. I think that's going with that. But um, once you get to the top, you gotta be ready to to be unselfish. Like you say, you gotta be ready to give back. You gotta be ready to, you know, help in any aspect possible, any way possible. Yeah. So the last one is learning's a gift, even when pain is your teacher. Mm. Yeah. I could definitely agree with that one as well. I could relate to that one. Um, pain has definitely been a big teacher for me. Just like you said, just being from Chicago, um, just seeing a lot of you know, seeing a lot of different things back at home, um, stuff happening in our family. Uh, pain has definitely taught, been more of a teacher than than anything else. I mean, life, life is pain. There's so much pain in life, so that's that's that. Right. Yeah. I know there's been a couple of painful moments in your life that you've been slightly vocal about. So, I mean, if you're comfortable, you know, just sharing, could you explain what those moments are for you and how you've learned from it? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I left, I lost my brother at the age of, uh, 14. Um, I lost some friends, uh, along the way. Um, I lost my grandparents, both my grandparents, this year during the COVID season and uh, I lost my other grandmother last year right before uh, right before I made my decision to come to Portland mm-hmm. yeah yep. um, yeah pain is something that I'm very familiar with but uh, like I said the way that I look at it now is it's life and you know it's just you just got to use it as a teacher and it just toughens you I guess so oh, I mean death in any form is very transformative for better for better or worse so did you see any shift in yourself and your mindset after you know those those moments of pain um I wouldn't say well yeah I I definitely will say it was a shift in me um but it was it was basically more so people telling me that I acted different um I didn't really see it I just I thought I was regular you know um but Pain is pain and death. Uh, it's it's like I said. It just it just teaches you how to cope with pretty much anything because that's the that's the lowest of the low. Um, it doesn't get any much lower than you know losing your bigger brother, your older brother, uh, or losing your your grand your grandma or your grandpa. So um, you just anything else that happens bad is almost minimal. Yeah, I mean again. I know your brother's your Instagram profile picture. So how do you strive to honor him, whether that be through basketball or just on a day-to-day basis? I mean, that's just everything. Everything I do is for him. It's not even basketball. I think about him every day. I have him. Uh, he's on my. He's on my heart at all times, literally and figuratively. Uh, I, my brother is my heart. So I mean, everything is is for Drake. Yeah. Um. So I don't. At that time, you were in high school at Or Academy High School, and y'all won state championships. You performed very well as a standout player. But then as you approached graduation, 
you decided to do a prep year at Link Year in Missouri. So what benefit did you see um, going to a prep school and not directly to a four year? Um, the prep the prep school uh, allowed me to be alone for the first time um, by myself, just away from home, away from family, and basically figure stuff out all by myself. I had to learn how to I had to learn how to work by myself. Uh, I didn't have any trainers out there. I just had a ball on the rim. I had to figure out how I was gonna get better, you know, every day um, by myself. Uh, I also was able to work on my faith there because it's a Christian prep. Mm -hmm. uh, Learn how to dissect the Bible pretty well. Um, I don't know. The, the prep school, the prep life was was something that was needed, in my opinion. Um, I think I was ready to go play um, out of high school, but I don't think I was ready to to you know attack the world outside of basketball um, without that prep. Yeah, I mean, just speaking on basketball, like I know during that that prep year, you averaged 16 points a game, and then you elevated your three point shooting over 40, 45% and you led the team to a national prep, prep school invitation. So, but even though with those great stats, you weren't happy with the schools that were recruiting you and you decommitted from, was it Towson? Yeah, I decommitted from Towson just because I think I made the decision so quickly. Yeah. Um, the offers that I had coming out of high school, I had seven of them. I had seven offers coming out of high school. And I was, I was, you know, of course, grateful to have the offers, but I didn't think that they were the schools that I wanted to be at. So what people don't know is once you decide to go to prep school and you basically reclassify, um, you, you start over when it comes to offers and schools recruiting you because they recruit by the year. Mm -hmm. So going into prep school, uh, I had zero offers because it, it restarts. And I was playing so well in front of all these different schools and I wasn't getting the attention that I needed. So once that one school gave me the attention that I felt like I deserved, I kind of jumped at it, and just because of where it was at, I kind of jumped at it. But after um, talks with my with my family and my my brothers, I was just they just told me like, bro, you have a whole second half of the season that you haven't played yet, and basically just be patient, and that's what I did. Yeah. So then, talk to me about the recruiting process you experienced from the University of Portland. Um. So actually, I was playing a game and. Um, in Missouri, we were playing a, a JUCO, and Terry Porter, my head coach now, uh, who is an ex-NBA vet, mm -hmm. um, NBA Hall of Fame, everything like that. He was there to recruit the person, another person off the opposing team, and I guess I just played so well against the other person uh, that he actually, you know, came up to me after the game and was asking for my information. But before he came up to me, um, I had already peeped him in the corner and I was just going to go up to him and shake his hand just because he was Terry Porter, not even because he was the head coach of Portland, but just because I knew his background in basketball history. Yeah. Um, he actually told me, like, basically, slow down. And <laughs> I wanted to talk to me about actually recruiting me. And, you know, from that point on, it was just, uh, it was just a great relationship from then on out. And it just so happened that, you know, the coach that I wanted you know, checked every box. I wanted a coach that was black. I wanted a coach that played basketball and not even played basketball. I just saw that he was a point guard and one of the best to do it at that position. So I thought that was, that was, it was no better fit than, than Portland when it came to having a coach like that. Yeah. So how has he changed your perspective, you know, being a former NBA player? Oh man, he just, his demeanor is professional. Like he's, he's teaching me how to be a pro and he doesn't even, you know, do anything but act like himself. That's 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 what's being around 
TP has done for me, just, you know, learning how to carry yourself as a professional, as a, as a, as a father, as a strong black man, um, and just as a great person, you know, I love being around TP, whether it's just watching him talk or actually having, having him talk to me. Um, he's just a great person to be around and a great coach as well. Yeah, I mean, there's also another NBA great that's giving you recognition, Magic Johnson. I saw a clip from Twitter. So what was that like getting praise from a Laker legend and NBA great? Chase, this is the Magic Man saying, man, I heard you play that point guard position like me. Good luck to you, brother. I heard you a bad, bad man. You've been doing your thing. No look passes, shooting a jump shot, being the leader on the team. Keep doing your thing, man. I'm going to look for big things from you in college as well, okay? So good. Man, that clip was crazy because my uncle was, uh, my uncle was actually, what happened was my uncle was actually recording my, recording something with him. And, you know, just conversation came up that he was from Chicago and that he had a nephew that played basketball. And uh, I guess, I guess Magic asked him, you know, what, what his name was. And he said it was Chase Adams. And the conversation went from, per my uncle, the conversation went that he had just, this was around the time that video came out. He had uh, just seen the video. And so he was familiar with who I was. And he was just like, yeah, let me, let me send him a, um, let me send him a video, get him some encouraging words. And he sent me that video, and I was just like, it was crazy. Yeah, no, for real. It doesn't get any much better than that. Right. Not many people can say they got, you know, praise from Magic Johnson. Right. <laughs> for many who don't know, you, I know you personally know the uh, another Laker shooting guard, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. You grew up with him. So tell me about that relationship and how he inspires you. Um. Taylor is my boy. We've been close since, uh, I don't know how long, but it's been since like uh, fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that. We've been playing against each other our whole life. Yeah. And we finally get to team up uh, our junior year in high school for our last little AU, AU, um, AU run. And it was just crazy how we just went through everybody that last little AU month. And, uh, We've been close for for so long that once he made it, it was almost like everybody that was around him made it too. It was just seeing his name get called on his draft night, um, watching him hug his mother, watching him hug his family, hug us. We were just so so extremely happy for him. It was it's, it's a blessing to just even be able to share that moment with him. Yeah, that's so crazy to me. Um... But to go along, you know, with this Laker trend, I can't go without mentioning Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. Um, but, you know, him along with other greats, I feel like they always go down for something. In particular, for Kobe, I feel like it's, you know, his Mamba mentality. So how do, what's one thing that you want to be remembered for on the court, and how do you think you're disrupting, um, disrupting the game in a way that's different? Um, just courage. I mean, I mean, we can go back with that just being able to go out there and fearlessly compete with anybody, you know, no matter their size. Uh, I think that's one thing that everybody's going to remember me for. Uh, I know people like to say hard over height with me, but uh, that's not, that's not mine. That's not, there's not nothing that I could coin. So I'm going to go with courage for sure. 
So I feel like, you know, athletes in general are, are always evolving. The game's always evolving, evolving. And on that same note, I know you're into music and clothes, which are like artistic outlets in a way. So would you consider basketball more of an art form or science form? I mean, I think basketball is an art because everybody has their own way of, 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 of attacking it. You know, artists being able to express yourself in, in many different ways or and that's what basketball is. You can go out there and just express yourself and be free. It's an outlet. That's what art really is. I mean, yeah. most people use art as their outlet. I use basketball as my outlet, so why wouldn't it be an art? Yeah. And, you know, I want to quote Kevin Garnett. He's, he says, anything is possible. So I feel like with art, it's so, there's so much freedom to it. Um, yeah, and so to go with that, you know, unstoppable mentality, like Garnett says, I know last year in 2019, you said in five years, you would see yourself in the league. So, you know, now it's technically four years. Do you see yourself on the right path? And what are the things you're doing to, you know, stay the course? Yeah, staying the course and trusting the process is, is, all, is the only thing that I can control. Yeah. So I can control my work every day. I can control myself getting up and doing, putting in the necessary hours, the necessary uh, doing the necessary things that um, it takes to be a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that, like I said, all I could do is control the controllables. And right now, that's staying the course and trusting the process. Right. And as some would say, you know, God's plan. But mm -hmm. for, um, despite the odds, you know, whatever that may be, some people might say the disadvantages of your height, you know, the losses that you've experienced. So what do you think God is trying to have you learn about yourself throughout throughout it all? I mean, honestly, you're just building a soldier, a, a super super tough soldier. At this point, it's it's almost nothing that could you know tear me down. You know, I'm going at the way I the way I look at life is it's just it's just an uphill battle. You know, uh, mm -hmm. things can't get things can get better. You know, can only go up. That's how it is for me. So right, I, yeah. And I know you said in an article, I don't think now there's anything I can't handle when it comes to grieving. So would you say you're immune to it in a way? And does it make you more or less distant when trying to connect and build relationships with others? Um, yeah, I think I am a little hesitant on building new relationships just because of like so much that I've lost. Um, but it's a process. I'm working on it. I'm working on myself when it comes to that for sure. Uh, but I mean, it's also a good thing though because you, like I said, it just it just builds you to a point where you don't think there's nothing that you can't handle, and that in my head is really nothing that I can't handle. I've been at my lowest, you know, so um, I just the way I attack my everyday life at this point is you know with a smile and 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 with positivity because it can't get any negative than what it's been already. Yeah, and then I wanna mention another quote you said in an article that you try to be the glue of your family, you know, as the perfect son, big brother, cousin. So does that get ever like overwhelming for you? Do you find yourself over pushing yourself in a way to be perfect in all aspects? Um, no, I don't think it, that it gets overwhelming just because I know what, 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 what it takes to be that glue. I know that I can't get too high. I can't get too low. Um, I know that people depend on my energy, you know, throughout, um, throughout my family. And 
with that being said, I just, I, I kind of embrace that role of being the, the glue. I embrace um, any adversity that comes our way and I take it on and I, and I, and I make sure that I keep everybody level-headed. And that's just, that's just a challenge that, you know, I've, I've tasked myself with um, and, I'm, and I'm okay with that for sure. Yeah. I feel like those qualities also show on the court because you are a point guard and that's such a leadership position. So do you feel like basketball helped molded you into those leadership qualities or did you, was it like always innate? I think it was always innate. Um, my, my parents always talk about my leadership qualities since I was, since I was a, a kid, just always, uh, one thing that we always prayed on in the mornings and uh, our morning devotions is being a leader and not a follower. And I think it just resonated, just praying on it every day so many times. Um, it, it eventually just it started to show, and it became who I was, just a leader, just a natural a natural born leader. Uh -huh. that's, that's just me. That's Chase. Yeah. And I know I saw, like, an uh, Instagram little clip that you posted one time. It was of Nipsey's tweet that said some people wasn't made for it. So I feel like that, you know, just speaks volumes about what you represent. And, I mean, there's specifically just – there's really layers to it. You know, we can talk about current events that's happening right now with this pandemic, your personal traumas, and you are a young black man in America, you know, experiencing the continued and heightened police brutality most recently. So as I mentioned, as we kind of talked about before, basketball has been a glue and outlet for you. So I was going to mention like a Nelson Mandela quote too, that he said, sport has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire has the power to unite people in a way that little else does. Um, sport can create hope where once there is despair, sport is the game of lovers. So we've seen activism, you know, through athletes from the NBA, MLB. I saw you post about voting, Black Lives Matter, different things about the pandemic. So why do you think it's important to use your platform to speak about those issues? Well, one thing that I was having this conversation with my parents before, um, the one thing that uh, ha that comes with having a platform is being able to use your voice. Uh, I always, my, my parents, we were talking and I was telling them that I always wonder why God gave me such a big platform, you know, out of nowhere. And one of those things was for one to use, use it to spread his word, spread his love. And then on top of that, use, use it to voice the opinion uh, of my own and voice what I believe in and anything that I say on my Instagram or on my Twitter is solely what I believe in. It's not any views that someone swayed me to believe into or someone coerced me into believing. It's it's all me. I do my own research. I do my own reading. I do my I watch my own videos. You know <laughs> like that's 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 just me. Um that's another thing that um God gave me a great ability to do is be able to, you know, be strong in my own opinion and my own beliefs. And uh, I don't let anybody change, you know, who I am and what I, what I think. Right. Yeah. And so with everything I know from the elections to civil unrest and COVID overall lack of normalcy, you know, how has that taken a toll on your mental health? Um, mentally, I just, like I said, I looked at it as, you know, this is another challenge. That's just how I look at life now. Uh, adversity makes a man I don't know if you've heard that quote before but that's a quote that I've basically built my you know whole persona over you know uh, I embrace any type of adversity that comes at me and I just 
try to look it at in the face as as if it's a man and uh, and I attack it you know every day so when it comes to the the whole negativity that's been around the world for these last couple months um you just try to turn it into a positive in any type of way like the whole COVID season you know everybody was quarantined and you know you see tweets and Instagram posts about people ready to go back outside well I was happy to be inside with my family. My mom didn't have to go to work. My dad didn't have to go to work. So we had a full house of just us full of love every day for for two months straight. I was happy with that. I, I, was, I wasn't complaining at all. I couldn't tell you the last time I was in a house with my whole family all at one time. Nobody, you know, had to leave at any time, any point throughout the day. We watched the most, most movies that we've ever watched as a family. That was fun to me. I had a great time with that. So... I know just finding positivity and all of this negativity was was my biggest my biggest goal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean on the note of the pandemic that you were talking about, I know bringing it back to basketball, you the team at University of Portland, you guys are back on the court. I know you were just granted access by the governor to finally play and practice. So talk to me about, you know, what that process was like and how did it like take a toll on your team not being able to be on the court like these other teams? Um, yeah, it was definitely hard because we had to go in, into uh, practice, you know, kind of knowing what we would do every day and that not be and that not be competing. We knew that we wouldn't compete. We knew that we would go into practice, basically do five on all offensive drills, five on all uh, defensive drills, and, and, you know, go back to our room and be in class. It's kind of hard doing, doing class when you're not able to, you know, play the sport that you love and the reason why you're, you know, doing school, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was tough for sure. But, you know, now that we're, now that we're, you know, kind of back in, in action, you know, that's in the past. And yeah. <laughs> I've asked a couple athletes around, like, do you think the opening of sports is worth sacrificing the health and safety of players? Um, I think that the way that, most that the way that these uh um big time corporations have been doing it when it comes to sports um i think it's, it's pretty safe so far yeah i think the nba went uh, i can't remember how many months but they didn't have any COVID cases which was crazy you know i think they're taking the necessary precautions i, I know that the team doctors and the, the sports doctors are you know are in contact every day making sure that you know everything is safe safe enough um I think that um, if it's, it's, it's really, I mean, they gave us the, op the option if you want to do it and you don't have to, you get your year back. I mean, it's up to us uh, solely. So I just love the game so much that, you know, I think it's, I think it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. So how do you stay motivated throughout? I know you're talking about, you know, being cooped up in the room, just on Zoom class. So how do you just stay motivated um, throughout, throughout these unprecedented times? Um, just knowing that I get to go put that orange ball in that orange basket eventually through it sometime throughout the, throughout my day it, you know it motivates me keeps me going uh-huh so then looking ahead into the season what aspects of your game are you most trying to improve on uh shoot every aspect really I'm not a complete player I wish I was but uh, just perfecting every aspect of my craft is is the most important key for me um just you know, getting better every day is also very important and just making sure that we're all on the same page as a team is is, is definitely a big goal of mine too. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I know I was watching some highlight videos and then in the comments, a lot of people were like, oh, I remember when he was or 11 in seventh grade. I remember when he was a kid, blah, blah, blah. So how do you feel about being compared to your old self in a way, like being brought back down to that level? Um, I don't even think it's just being brought down to a level. I think it's just a sense of reminiscing, like, uh, like dang, I, I, I kind of like, some people kind of feel like they probably watched me grow up just because they've been seeing me um, in these videos and stuff for so long. Like, just seeing me since seventh grade to now, yeah. you can see the, the progression that's been made and the, and the, uh, the achievements that, that, have, that have happened over the, over the years. And it's kind of a sense of, like, you know, you're still doing it. Yeah. yeah for sure so what are personal goals that you have set for yourself this season uh I just really want to win a conference championship and get to the get to the tournament yeah <laughs> that's a team goal but all my personal goals will probably be will probably be probably be set if that happens so that's right. <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> um so then lastly in February 2019 you captioned your, your Insta post, it's crazy what basketball has done for my life, even crazier how I'm going to use basketball to change others' lives. So just talk to me about, you know, the impact that you hope to have on others when it's all said and done. Uh, that was just solely coming from uh, the voice that, that, that the Instagram and basketball platform has given me. Uh, just knowing that uh, I could inspire others just by putting an orange ball in an orange basket you know, it's, it's comforting, you know, it, it allows me to, it wakes me up in the morning and puts me to sleep at night, uh, that I could be someone that someone else look, looks up to, even if they look down at in real life, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I'm just very happy with, uh, with the ability to use my voice uh, in a positive way. And people look at that as, a type of uh, comfort for them. Right. All right. So I ended off with a little speed round. Um, I got like ten questions here. So number one, who's your top top five hoopers of all time? Top five of all time. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kobe's my favorite. Kobe's my favorite player. Uh, uh, Mike, of course. Michael Jordan. Magic, of course. I love D Rose, yeah. <laughs> and LeBron. LeBron is, you know, you can't not have LeBron in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, who would you number two? Would you rather always lose the championship or never make the playoffs? Mm. Uh, do I gotta have a win a losing option? Is there any winning option in there? <laughs> no, <laughs> you gotta choose. <laughs> I'd rather lose the championship. At least I got there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, do you have any pregame rituals? Pregame rituals? No, I just listen to music. I always send up a prayer before uh, I ask for I don't. I never ask for wins or losses. Um, I always ask for, you know, just safety on the court. Just have a great outcome. Yeah. Whatever it may be, that's up to him. But I never ask for wins or losses. I don't think that's kind of, that's not fair. <laughs> okay <laughs> so you talk about you know you listen to music what are your what are the main songs you have in your rotation right now oh songs i i got a lot of a variety of songs but um i'm either listening to jay-z mm -hmm. uh probably some herb or dirt just because they're from chicago they get me going yeah um, doesn't matter 
fashion too. I know I see you dripped out on the gram. So where do you get that ins inspiration from? Uh, my my fashion just comes from being cozy, I guess. If, you wanna, <laughs> if that's what you want, I, I just like being comfortable. I really hate jeans, but I, I wear them sometimes. But uh, I like wearing sweatpants. I wear them as some sweatpants, big clothes. Um, I just like being as comfortable as possible and. I like colors. I like to put on a lot of colors too. Yeah. Who would you say is uh, the drippiest NBA player right now? Drippiest NBA player? Uh, Taylor. I go with Taylor. <laughs> but a bit biased. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I know in a Champ Sports little video from 2019, you said in Chicago, the first thing you look at is a person's feet. So what's yeah. your favorite shoes to hoop in and then also just to wear on the daily? Uh, to wear on a daily is definitely ones, any type of ones. I could rock some ones as long as they're not mids. Right. <laughs> but my favorite shoes to hoop in are Kobe's and Kyrie's. Any type of Kyrie's, I'm, I'm good with those. All right, cool. So would you rather only play in the first three quarters or in, only in the fourth? Fourth. Let's close it. I'm closing. Clutch. <laughs> what, would your, what would you say your overall 2K rating would be? 2K? You know what's crazy? I don't even play two K. What? <laughs> Madden, a lot. That's crazy. You're probably like the only the only hooper that I've met that doesn't play two K. <laughs> yeah, I don't play two K at all. I, I think the game is. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's crazy. Like so, it. all right. So if you could pick apart qualities of different NBA players to kind of form into, you know, like the dream player, what would what would it be? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna take. D Rose speed and athleticism, probably a Kobe mentality, mm -hmm. um, Chris Paul IQ mixed with a LeBron IQ. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm gonna keep my size just because I like being the little guy. Yeah. All right, dope. So last one, would you rather go to dinner with your sports idol or play one v one with your sports idol? Um Biggest brain. I'd rather with Kobe for sure. I just, I, why wouldn't I want to eat with Kobe? <laughs> right. No, yeah. He would be dropping knowledge for sure. A whole bunch of it. All right. So then lastly, I always let my guests, you know, put us on to anything it may be. I've had guests put us on to like music artists, clothing brands. So anything that you love, anything that may be low key that not many people may be knowing about, you can let us know now. <laughs> Um, let's see what we got. We got Robotic Minds clothing brand in Chicago. We got Leaders clothing brand in Chicago. Um, we got Plus NYC, my boy. My boy. Um, let's see. <laughs> we got VKPK coming up. Vic Patrick Harris clothing brand. It, it's on its way. It's not here yet, but it's on the way. It'll be, it'll be one of the top when it's all said and done. Okay, dope. Yeah, I'll link all those below. You can all check it out. But that is it for this episode of the podcast. I appreciate you, Chase, for joining. Um, so yeah, the the Instagram, I made a new Instagram for the podcast, so all content will be there. Um, but yeah, just like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.